Hey, this is the No Swear Gamer from YouTube's Retro Reviews with the No Swear Gamer, and you're listening to Two Dudes in a Ness. Hey, Justin. What's up, man? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, just thinking about doing a little bonus episode today. Yeah? A little bonusing? Yeah. Not on the happy side, though. No, well, a happy reflection and bonus episode. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, we decided that since, uh, the past week, the news of the passing of Satoru Awada, Mm -hmm. did I get that right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Awada-san. Awada-san. Yeah, so, you know, I thought I should butcher his name because it would only do him sweet (laughs) justice if I could butcher his name on our On our show, yeah. Yeah. So he it's, passed. It, we are, I think we're the only podcast where it's an honor to have your name butchered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he passed this past week. Um, and due to his uh, influence and, and everything that he's done for Nintendo, we felt that it was only necessary for us to do a podcast about him. Yep. I totally agree. Although I will say... Uh, I listened to IGN's Nintendo voice chat yesterday, and they did one. Mm-hmm. And theirs is probably going to be way better than ours. They stole our thunder. Yeah, they stole our thunder just a little bit. No big deal. I mean, they've actually some of them have actually met the guy and all this stuff. So, oh yeah, we won't be able to provide that kind of insight to, now, how to anyone. How do you know I never met him? I mean, it happened, but. <laughs> Yeah, okay. That's pretty presumptive of you. Well, I'm pretty (laughs) sure there's not very many people from Tazewell, Tennessee. That's uh, Travel to Japan. Travel to Kyoto. Not only did I travel to Japan, but met (laughs) Mr. Iwata. Yeah. For some reason, I'm hearing the Three's Company song in my head as you're traveling to Japan. That's an interesting... To meet Iwata. Come and knock on our door. Yeah, <laughs> he you know opens the door and he's just like all friendly. We go, we're like running around playing. <laughs> you know that reminds me of the uh, tangent. All right, sorry, already going on. That's right. The the movie Basketball, where the kid mm-hmm. is uh, uh, dying of cancer, and he wants to hang out with them for all whole day. So instead of like taking him out to. Uh, uh, play basketball or something they're just like mowing the yard <laughs> and making sandwiches <laughs> just like normal day that that's what a water would do if you came to visit him yeah we're just mowing the yard <laughs> grooming uh bonsai trees yeah is that Jap- japanese or is it chinese uh I, that's karate kid that's all i know i guess that's yeah that's japanese close enough all right well you know Iwata. Uh, obviously, is the CEO of uh, Nintendo when he passed away. But he started early in his video gaming uh, creating. And, you know, he, you know the, one of the interesting things this is going to keep coming up is that he was a programmer and engineer himself and became mm-hmm. a president. So he wasn't just a straight, like, businessman. So, yeah. He was also, I think, known as the, like, the chief problem solver, mm-hmm. you know? Right. The, the, C, the CPS. I was reading, there was an article that I even put up on the Facebook group about him, 
uh, in time, and they were talking about the engineer said that unfortunately, since he well, I guess not necessarily unfortunately, but since he was the president and also a or chief executive officer officer and also an engineer, they couldn't get anything by him. So like they couldn't say like. <laughs> You know, if you were like didn't really want to do something because it's like complicated and you know you didn't really think you would add anything, but he wants it, and you could they couldn't tell him like, oh, it can't be done because he would know. Yeah, it can't actually be done. And uh, so, <laughs> so that I thought that was kind of funny. Anyway, that is funny. he was born. His his dad was uh, um, mayor of Sapporo, Japan. When he was in high school, he started creating video games on his calculator. Kind of like us, playing video games yeah, on calculator. Yeah, nice. We did that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ner- we're super nerds, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we didn't create them, though. He was actually creating them. And we just downloaded them. Well, uh, well, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but I did create a couple. Oh, okay. A couple cho- choose-your-own-adventure uh, text-based oh, yeah. games on the calculator. Oh, yeah. I remember that actually now. So, uh, yeah, so he got his... But think, wait, wait, but think about his, his... If he's doing it on a calculator, what kind, think about the kind of calculator he would have had back in, like, what would have been the 60s, 70s, maybe? Yeah, I guess 70s. Or late 60s, early 70s? Mm-hmm. So he would have... Uh, yeah, it's like this big, giant calculator, and he's <laughs> making video games on it. I wonder when the first, like, grabbing calculator came out. Mm, I don't know. That would be that would be a good thing to know, right? And even when it came out, you, can you imagine how expensive it probably was? Oh, I know. Yeah. So, uh, even when, even if you had it, even even though the, the capabilities may have been there, I don't know if he would have had it because it would have been extremely expensive. Yeah. Well, I mean, his dad was the mayor at one point. Was it, he was the mayor? He wasn't the mayor until. He was already out of school, or in college, though, I don't think. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't think mayors make that much money. Unless you're, like, the mayor of, like, oh, yeah, New that's York. True. That's true. That's, I know the mayor, the mayor here around town, here, in where I live, makes, like, a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, it's not that much. <laughs> it's not, it's not a full-time job. No, no, most uh, municipal politicians have other jobs but anyway the first casio produced the first commercially available graphing calculator in 1985 so it would have been much later than this is the first commercially so one that you could buy yeah so 422 bytes nice it's got a lot of memory yeah that's right (laughs) right can you you know and i i can remember when i was uh you know, like a kid, and we got like our first computer, and like one gigabyte was a, just an unfathomable amount of memory. And now that's like flash drive, like a small flash drive is one gigabyte. Uh, I know, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, and now everybody's like, oh, one terabyte. How am I ever going to fill this up? It's coming. And I'm I'm sure, you know, people are filling it up. They're already filling it up already. No. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, then he went to the Tokyo Institute of Technology and, and majored in computer science. Now, while he was there, he took some unpaid internships. And I like unpaid internships because that just shows that you've got tenacity. Like you're just going to mm-hmm. go out there and you know work just to get the experience. Yeah, I like paid internships. Well, yeah. 
per, for myself. Personally, I like paid internships. <laughs> but when I hear somebody that's doing an unpaid internship, I think that guy, he's got some tenacity to him. Yeah. But anyway, um, so he, but when he was, the, the internships were actually some pretty big companies. He worked for Commodore Japan, and he assisted the head engineer uh, there. So I wonder if he had any, uh, I don't have this information, but I wonder if he had any help in the Commodore 64 or anything like that. Hmm, maybe, I don't know. be interesting. But uh, since, I mean, he was assisting the head engineer, so they had to have been working on it around that time. When did the Commodore 64 come out? Uh, a little bit before the Nintendo, I think. Yeah, so... Late, early 80s? Yeah, so Nintendo, the Famicom came out in 83. So this had to have been like 81. So this would have been around about the time they were working on that. So he probably had some kind of... The Commodore 64 came out in... January 1982. Not to steal yep. your thunder. Thank you. Well, we all have Wikipedia. I don't even know why we need need to do this episode of this podcast. How dare you! <laughs> but uh, anyway, so then he also did some freelance work for Hal, which he would See, eventually go to work for. Yeah, the story I heard about Hal, and this may be a different story than what you have, but I heard that Hal was a startup company mm-hmm. that was started basically out of the same college he was in, mm-hmm. and there was only just a handful of people, like maybe four or five people, doing that company, and then they asked him to come on with them. That's kind of how I heard it. Yeah, he. Yeah, I don't have that really that that backstory to it, but yeah, I knew he became only the fifth employee when he graduated. Yeah, I think it was a handful of people that were had gotten together at at the Institute of Technology or wherever it was that he went, and um, they were trying to start a. It wasn't a game company; it was an electronics company to begin with. They didn't even do games, but they brought him. I think they asked him to come on, and then he eventually tried to turn them towards making games. But they were originally just like a computer electronics company. Yeah, and. He developed a relationship with Nintendo pretty early on, so that's kind of was was big for how and how they kind of went to uh, making games is because he had a, a good relationship with them, and he kind of. I wonder how that works. Did he he probably did kind of like what I said with you going to visit him. I, I, again, I'm hearing Three's Company, and but Awada and Nintendo this time. Yeah. Well, I guess you know, yeah, he he had to have some kind of inside track there and uh what's interesting is he was doing the internship with Commodore and then he was doing freelance work with Hal and working with Nintendo at the same time. So he was kinda playing both sides well, he, of the fiddle. There. He went he eventually went full time with Hal though once he graduated. Mm, right. So I think he probably stopped the interning with with Commodore in Japan. Yeah. And it took him a few years to become the the coordinator of software production. That was in '83, and that's when they started to the relationship with Nintendo grew even more because Nintendo had just released the Famicom. So he started working on games like Balloon Fight, uh, NES Open Tournament Golf, and one of the more famous ones, Earthbound. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I think Balloon Fight was his first game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, I want to say... Uh, I don't. I'm not going to try to speculate on that one, but I will say that there's a cool ROM hack out now that replaces the balloon fight character with Iwata. <laughs> That'd be awesome. No, it's true. They've, they've made one. Like after after he died, somebody replaced the balloon fight character with Iwata. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, have you ever played Balloon Fight? Yeah, I've played Balloon Fight black box game yeah it's really really weird to be honest yeah. i'm not a big fan of it um but it's an interesting game yeah it's it is a bit interesting so and then earthbound now didn't you were telling me you had something interesting about earthbound yeah well earthbound was um it's Mother 2, right, mm-hmm. in Japan. So the Mother 1 had already came out, um, and he didn't really have a lot to do with it. But Mother 2 was struggling to find its place, basically. Like, it was trying to... Like they were trying to figure out how to how to make it. And this story comes straight from the uh, Nintendo Voice Chat podcast, by the way. So okay. I, didn't, I didn't come up with this. Um, but apparently Mother 2 was struggling to, you know, figure out how they were going to make it. And so Awada goes to, um, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but the guy that was in charge of, of Earthbound, mm-hmm. or Mother 2, and he said, look, you got two options. You can either continue on this path, and this game may never come out, or you can let me help you. And he said, and if I help you, I'm going to either help you fix it now, and it'll come out in two years, or you can just let me redo it, and it'll come out a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So so he, he pretty much fixed earthbound that's awesome i mean it wasn't going to come it probably wasn't going to come out at any normal i mean it would have been probably scrapped at some point because it was in such turmoil a disaster yeah 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 so yeah that's funny i'm reading that story actually right now but anyway give me a minute let's pause again we've all got the internet so let me read this story uh just let's take a time now but uh, and all he also created one of Nintendo's most beloved characters, or he was involved in it. Not he wasn't the actual creator. Kirby. Kirby. Do you ever get into Kirby a lot? I like it. I like a smattering of Kirby games. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge Kirby fan, but it always seemed a little bit slow to me for some reason. It's a slower Mario to me yeah. is what it always kind of felt like. So I mean, it does different things. I always like the the aspect of eating people and then get gaining their powers. I thought that was kind of cool, but it just always seemed a little too slow to me. Yeah. Well, then the Hal had some financial trouble. It was on the verge. They were going to go into bankruptcy. And... He was promoted to president at that time. Just kind of like, hey, thanks, guys. Either that, or he was like, I'll fix this. And he, he probably he probably said, I'll fix this. And he turned it around, and uh, actually made it one of the probably more famous companies of the '90s. 
for Nintendo gaming because here comes Pokemon Gold and Silver, uh, which was released in game for Game Boy Color. And you remember all the pandemonium about Pokemon? Everybody wanted the different. Colors. Yeah, I do. Who did did Hal make Pokemon Red and Green or Red and Blue also, or did they? I think all I've got is Gold and Silver is all that they did. Now, here's the thing about. And he took, let's see, he aided the programming of Pokemon Stadium for Nintendo 64 by reading the original coding in Pokemon Red and Green and reworking it for the new game. And then he... Okay, so they did the Pokemon Stadium games. Because I think Game Freak does the Pokemon games. Yeah, right. So he basically took their code and read it, however you read code. I don't know how to read code. You know how to read code? (laughs) Semi uh, depends on the code. Yeah, that's your that's more your neck of the woods. Yeah, it depends on what kind of code it is. Yeah, there's uh, if you can do it, there's a lot of money to be made. Because I knew a guy that graduated in engineering, and he's in Atlanta, and all he does is read code all day, which sounds like. It sounds thrilling. It's well, it sounds like suicide on, you know, it's just on your way to suicide <laughs> eventually. Right. And uh but he makes a lot of money. So. Anyway. So that was his time with Hal. So then in 2000, he finally went over to Nintendo. After working with Nintendo all this time, um he uh went over to Nintendo and then in May of 2002, Yamauchi, the fourth president of Nintendo, retired. Hiroshi Yamauchi. And Iwata was promoted the president and CEO by him, uh, by Yamauchi himself. And he was the first non-Yamauchi family member to head Nintendo. Yeah, I find that really interesting. What, uh, did Yamauchi not have any kids or something? I guess or he just didn't. He just didn't like his kids. Probably just didn't like his kids. <laughs> well, I know I could give it to my kids, but uh, they're going to screw it up. So uh, I'm just going to uh, give it to you. <laughs> yeah. Quick, quick, uh, you, I, and I know we're butchering his name, but quick Yamachi uh, tangent. I, I always thought it was funny that he was part owner of the Seattle Mariners baseball team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is funny. So, uh, let's see. Actually, I think he may be the CEO of the Mariners now if he's still alive. No, he he died in 2013. Never mind. But he was, he was, he was like the CEO of the Mariners baseball team, which is why we got all those, uh, King Griffey Jr. baseball games in, in the 2000, or in the 90s and 2000s for the Nintendo consoles. You got all these King Griffey Jr. baseball games. Yeah. So he did have a son. But get this, they were estranged. Ooh. So this is just the story of that. In 1950, Michiko Yomachi's wife gave birth to their first child, a daughter named Yoko. Uh, During the next few years, Michiki had several miscarriages and was often ill. In 1957, she gave birth to another daughter, Fujiko, and shortly after, a son named Katsuhito. When Yomachi's father, Shinko, Kanojo returned years later to see his son. He refused to speak to him. Uh, 
Wait, no, that's that's Yomachi and his dad. So they weren't. He wasn't estranged with his son. He just thought his son. I don't know. Okay, never mind. They weren't estranged. Good story. <laughs> Yomachi was estranged from his dad. So really, yeah. So anyway, okay. Anyways, let's go back to Iwata because this is getting confusing. Yeah. Well, I like this quote that I found, and it's from Iwata. It was right after he became, you know, like CEO and president. And he said, "On my business card, I am a corporate president. In my mind, I am a game developer. But in my heart, I am a gamer." Mm. I like that. That was from his uh, keynote speech in mm-hmm. at, G- at GDC in two thousand five. <laughs> You have my sources, I guess. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Although, it's also a pretty famous mm-hmm. speech. It's in Awada's career. Everybody talks about that that one in 2005. So. Yeah. So, when Nintendo, when he took the helm of Nintendo, Nintendo was struggling. Macau was struggling. This is right after the GameCube, so. Right. Which... No, but Nintendo was not a, in happy happy terms with the fans at the moment. Well, with the fans they were, but with the general gaming public they weren't. I like the GameCube. Okay. Most so, most people who who owned one loved it. So yeah. it was a great game. I really liked the controller. I thought the controller was awesome. Mm, um, I agree. And you know they got off on a bad start, I guess, cuz they tried to do Luigi's Mansion instead of a Mario game. And that just kind of put them on a bad footing. And Luigi's Mansion wasn't that great of a game. Uh, but I, I thought the GameCube was an awesome system. It got overshadowed by the PlayStation 2 and Xbox, but it was a good, it was a good system to me. Well, I think what their, what their problem, and I guess this is another tangent, I think what their problem with the GameCube was, for me, was that they were trying to compete mm-hmm. with the other ones while also trying to stay unique. Yeah. By making the controller, they didn't just go full unique. Of course, all the way up to this point, they were kind of trying to compete with yeah. the N64 and the Super Nintendo and Nintendo. All of them were trying to compete with their competitors. It wasn't until Awada came along and said, you know what? We're done trying to compete. Let's be different. Yeah. This Blue Ocean Strategy, which is a book, uh, Blue Ocean Strategy, I think it'd be a pretty interesting read, actually. It's a book about, you know, taking yourself out of the competition and going somewhere else you know mm-hmm. the ocean's a big place take yourself and make something else and that's where the idea of both the touch screen for the ds and the obviously famous wii controller came out and i mean nintendo that was genius what they when they did that because it was just like nobody had done that it was such a a niche, if you will, that people, a niece, a niece, yeah. That's, that's for all the Boy Meets World fans out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became so just, you know, everybody wanted a Wii right when it came out. I remember we were in college and people were like getting Wiis, and it was just like, uh, so that was a, that was an awesome. I did. I, I never really understood the craze all that much, but I do remember my brother. He was. He would have been. Uh, let's see. He would have been like thirteen or fourteen at the time, I guess. Maybe twelve. 
Mm-hmm. I can't remember when the Wii came out, but he was he was obsessed with getting one to the point where he every day after school he would come home. First thing he would do, call GameStop, and he'd say, "Hey, do you guys have a Wii yet?" Because <laughs> like, they were always selling out, uh-huh. and uh, so and they said, "No, no, we're still sold out." He did this every every day for about three or four months until finally GameStop called him (laughs) (laughs) and said, and said, Hey, uh, we got a Wii now if you want it. (laughs) It's awesome. Because uh, they, 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 I guess he just established a relationship with them, calling them every day for four months. Yeah. Until they're finally just like, okay, this kid wants one bad. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to call it. I remember when the Nintendo 64 first came out, and you remember how rare it was. And uh, I uh, wanted one for Christmas, and I would call around to the stores, and like if the store said they had a couple, I would call my mom and dad and be like, you, can, you need to go there now. They have, they have <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but yeah. That's funny. So, you know, he did have a cameo, and one of my favorite Wii games, WarioWare Smooth Moves. Yes, I love I love all the WarioWare games. Yeah, they're awesome. And this that one was really good because it it instituted you know the the Wii controller and everything, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we we've kind of skipped over another um, a water saves the day moment. Smash Brothers Melee. Oh, I can't believe we didn't even talk about it. Basically, that another one, kind of like Earthbound. The game was in turmoil, and they couldn't figure. I don't, I don't know, but they were having trouble with the game. Mm-hmm. And Awada, although he was the, uh, I guess he was the CEO at the time, he said, "Well, I'm going to roll my suit sleeves up and uh, fix this game," and he did. Yeah, and that game was awesome. I love. I, I was a pretty big fan of uh, Smash Brothers mm-hmm. Melee. Yeah, I was a fan of all the Smash Brothers, but. That one was pretty good. So, um, yeah. Anyway, um, so the he he basically changed the way Nintendo approached things as far as the consoles go. So the Wii and the 3DS. 3DS obviously has got touch, or no, it's the DS originally, right? right the DS. Originally, the DS has a touch screen. And the Wii was motion controls, and it pretty much just sent Nintendo on another path altogether and made them tons and tons of money, right? But then uh, they just keep on going down that path. And the 3DS, which is just kind of an extension of the DS, in my opinion, it's kind of a, um, you know, it's got the touchscreen stuff. Now all of a sudden it's got 3D. It's got a little bit better graphics and uh-huh. stuff. And it it flourishes, but... Uh, the Wii U, um, not so much for some reason. And, and, no, I don't really place the blame on anybody except for the public on this one because I feel like Nintendo knows, still knows what they're doing, and the Wii U is awesome. Yeah. And people just haven't given it a chance. I want a Wii U in such a bad way. I've always wanted one, and I still have not gotten one. And, uh, you need to. What you need to. Here's what you need to do. Okay. okay. You say, "Hey, uh, Leah. You know what you want really bad? Christmas. Christmas is. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing it this Christmas. 
I'm just gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take her to. Uh, I'm gonna take her to. Uh, Walmart every day, and make her play it. <laughs> play it. Play it. Keep playing it. <laughs> <laughs> you love this, don't you? You love this, don't you? <laughs> oh boy. But I yeah I don't know. I th- I think they're still on the same path that Awada started them on. You know mm-hmm. I think. I hope I my hope is that they stay on this path and they don't decide. Well, now we need a super high powered console that's super also super generic that can compete with Xbox with uh, Sony and Xbox because mm-hmm. I, I mean Nintendo's always going to have the software side because that's just what they that's just where they flourish. You know that's just, they right. always make great games. Their games are always where it's at. So if they have their own system and that's the only place where you can get their great games, then that's what they I mean, should go with. That's what they should go with. And or they take the crazy approach and then just start making games for other systems. But that's... Uh, I also hope they don't do that. I like Nintendo's approach because it's like... We're going to make games. And this is this kind of started with Iwata and the Wii that everybody can play. Your grandmother can play as well mm-hmm. as your three-year-old. Uh, it spans... You know, like, you take an Xbox. And an Xbox is for a special demographic. It's for the video gamers. Okay. Right. You know, that's not going to be something that just anybody's going to want to play. But games on the Wii, like bowling and, you know, just even WarioWare and other games like that, they're they're for everybody. Right. And that's what Iwata kind of, that was kind of his philosophy, you know. Yeah, I think uh, I think his quote, or his, one of his most famous quotes is, Above all, video games are meant to be just one thing. Fun for everyone. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like these, I like the games that are out now for the, you know, the Xbox and PlayStation stuff. I mean, they're fun, but it's kind of a, it's something I have to do by myself. Yeah. You know, uh, typically they're only one player unless I want to go online, which I never really like going online against people. And you're not going to get your wife to play an Xbox game. Yeah. Yeah, my wife is not going to play an Xbox game. She'll play a Wii game every right, now and then. Exactly. Um, but she's not going to play an Xbox game. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. You, Wii and Wii U, you play together in the same room mm-hmm. instead of online. Right. Because online, there's there's a disconnect there for me. Right. They're, you're but you're well, bringing families together. That's right. And friends. Friends, friends and families. And, family. right. um, and the funny thing is, the only time I've played online against anybody in the last year or so it's been on the Wii U anyways yeah it's been Mario it's been Mario Kart, Mario Kart or something yeah. like or something like that you know so I don't know yeah no I uh, I think Nintendo's got it and especially for like me and kids and you know and, and you know the Wii still has games I mean I've got Call of Duty for the Wii um, it's still got some more adult themed games but uh, they don't shy completely away from that but you know they've got it all yeah. so. now Awada as a person always struck me as kind of an odd bird mm-hmm. but it, but but in a good way because mm-hmm. he was a, he was a very serious businessman right right and he it, just like all you know Japanese business is very it's very serious you're all everything's done a certain way right right 
So he was that, but at the same time, he was also a little quirky. Like he would do, he was not afraid to show himself as a like a funny person. Right. Like I can remember times, like you just take if you look at um, some E threes or, or things like that, where he, where he's in the spotlight or they're doing these Nintendo directs, mm-hmm. he's fighting with. Reggie, the the head of Nintendo USA, right? He's he's in a fight, right? And when they're sh- they're showing off, they're going to show off Smash Brothers. It shows them like having an actual fight, yeah, or something, you know. And he, it's just or yeah, go ahead. Well, and he made himself accessible. He responded to people on social media, and he had the part of the website that Awada asks. Yeah, the Awada asks. That was really cool. Where he would answer people's questions and like. That's really cool that you have a CEO that's willing to do that to get down to the you know. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, and I think I can't remember. I think somebody said it on the Facebook page, which we can go to. We can go to feedback here in a little bit. But he cared about people, and that mm-hmm. was and the game. He cared about the games, and he cared about the people playing the games. Right. Yeah, and that was that was ultimately what made him more than just a regular CEO. Right. Yeah, he will. He will be missed. No doubt. I mean, I mean, just a couple examples of that, or at least one big one that struck me was a few years ago when Nintendo was starting to lose their butts on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cut his salary in half, right? So that they weren't like losing as much money or losing jobs and stuff. Yeah, so that they could keep the staff on, and keep the yeah. keep the game going, keep the. I mean, can you imagine on. that? Can you imagine going half of what you make now? I mean, that's ridiculous. Oh yeah. Of course, he was making a lot more than we do, right. obviously. But, right. but I mean, you get used to a certain lifestyle, right? Right. And even even if you could live on half, I mean, you're you're accustomed to not living on half of your pay, right? Right. So. And well, honey, we're gonna have to cut down it. We're gonna have to cut down the fleet to six portions. That's right. Nine six. <laughs> and we're going to Ryan's for supper. <laughs> Hey, don't knock on Ryan's. Hey, I love Ryan's. Just saying. Yeah, it's not the uh, it's not the elite steakhouse, except for the Ryan. <laughs> not so much. We'll get it. Taswell Ryan's uh, not the uh, not we'll, the best we'll Ryan's. That. Yeah, that's that's a different different story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we could go to feedback. Yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately, the reason we're doing this podcast is is he's passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say one more cool thing about him passing away. I think it was, it may not have been the day of, but the day after he passed away, Nintendo headquarters in Kyoto, or however you pronounce that Japanese city, had a rainbow above it. Yeah. Like Rainbow Road. Yeah, and I guess we could discuss, you know, nobody really knew he was ill until last year for the E3. He uh, uh, came out that he wasn't going to be there. Um, and the reason he wasn't going to be there was because he was ill with a bowel. And you know, it, people people make me mad, and 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 sometimes in things like this, when they said that he wasn't going to make it to E three mm-hmm. for medical reasons, I heard n- nonstop people saying, "Oh, it's not because of medical reasons, because they're getting ready to get rid of him over there because it's, the Wii U's doing terrible." That you know, so they're getting ready to get rid of him, so they're not going to bring him over. Yeah. Well, well you know, we know, people. There you go. Yeah. So he had this this bile duct tumor, and they thought, I guess, that he was doing a, doing better. And uh, he kind of had made some appearances, and then all of a sudden, 
he was gone. So, uh, he had uh, the funeral in Japan. It was a two-day funeral with, uh, they said, thousands. I think I read like 4,100 people showed up. So, pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, let's uh, get any retrofit. Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah. Tom <laughs> Arnold would be impressed. Trophy goes to Iwata. Sounds good to me. All right. How about some feedback? All right. So feedback, we got uh, Andrew, or Andrew, <laughs> being uh, given his full name out, Andy Mangrum. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that's his full name? I don't know. It just, okay. It may not be. It may be Anderson. Andy <laughs> Mangrum said uh, he personally fixed the code for Earthbound and Super Smash Brothers Melee. He also fixed the code in Pokemon Gold and Silver to where they all where they fill all of Kanto in it as well. Nice. Trevor I didn't know about the gold and silver. Yeah, I didn't. Either. Trevor Franklin said I really appreciated how he found a way to be very serious and professional without taking himself too seriously. He didn't mind looking silly on camera, something you can't say about many other big CEOs. Somehow I always knew he cared about the games and the people who played them. And Aaron Hickman said he was the first CEO of Nintendo with a worldwide reach. The previous CEOs from the Yumachi family had none of the presence Awada had here in the States. Chalk it up to the internet age if you want, but Awada was a people person. He put a face on an unknowable and mysterious company. He was a gamer, a programmer for HAL, long before becoming the face of Nintendo. Recently, when Nintendo was criticized for not abandoning consoles... And switching to mobile, he stood his ground against shareholders. The man cut his salary in half to save jobs. This is a guy, for all the jokes and memes we remember, actually cared. Cared about people, cared about video games, and how they shaped the future. I'm not sure the heads of other companies can say the same. Nice. That's good, That's good, Aaron. Hey, I, will, I also want to say that he's right. The Nintendo was a very, very mysterious company mm-hmm. before Awada. Like, you didn't hear... You didn't hear a lot about the the games as they were coming out. I mean, screen screenshots were sent to magazines and stuff. You they were rare to get a whole lot of screenshots. The people the, these magazines, at least they may have been getting them over in Japan, but over here in America, you were getting. I mean, you would have two screenshots, and the guy would be writing, and uh, you could tell he may have known a little bit about the game, but not much. You know, right, so right. And uh, Peter Guzman said uh, the more I read about Awada-san the more I respect him and have become a fan remember my last console was the N64 but now I am seriously considering getting a Wii U join the Wii U train Gabe Van Gilder (laughs) said he made E3 exciting when I seen his face on a Nintendo Direct I knew I was in for excitement but not this year, unfortunately. This is the only E3 I was disappointed in. There was no real Metroid game or Zelda game. It's like waiting for a gift during Christmas, and it's not there. But I'm not putting the blame on Awada. He was a great leader, and I feel empty without him. And then Eric Okernick, uh rounds us out with, Awada was someone I respected on many levels, gamer, game designer, and a leader with a vision. Thanks for the memories. So, good feedback. Yeah. 
It's a really good feedback, actually. Yeah, it really was. We've got some... Uh, are you tearing up over there? I am. Can't have... Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, got a, we had a couple of voicemails, too, but I may save them for the next episode with a... Game. Game. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that, then. All right. It's good. It's fun. Yeah. So you're going to get a Wii U now? I think I am. I'm going right now. Hey, we, I, I would love to... Um, this is something I'd love to do if I could ever, one, find time to do it, or two, find the energy to put it together. I would love to do, like, maybe monthly or quarterly Two Dudes Game Night, That'd and I think awesome. the Wii U would be perfectly suited for that, to play like Mario Kart or Smash Brothers. That would be awesome. I have to figure some stuff out. Yeah. but uh, And I, we do have... Not to bring this in here, but uh, we do have that as a goal on Patreon. Mm-hmm. So if we get, we get up to that amount for monthly game nights, I think that would motivate me to f- make sure I find the time and the energy. Yeah. You know, so. Anyway. All right. Well, here comes the... Do we have teams? I guess we need to tell uh, everybody where to find us. Yes. Facebook? You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. NES dudes at NES dudes, mm-hmm. or you can find us on Google Plus. There's, I actually let me give a quick shout out to, you know, Google Plus is not a very popular. I don't know if you know this. Google Plus is not a very popular <laughs> social media outlet. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but there is uh, one gentleman who's been a very avid follower of us on Google Plus, and I just give him a quick shout out. Uh, Ryan Ballard. I think yes. yes, Ryan Ballard. So thank you, Ryan. Uh, I personally am a fan of Google Plus. Mm-hmm. I just wish more people were on it. Yeah. Uh, and but since since there's no one on it, I do appreciate going there occasionally and seeing that Ryan has commented on <laughs> a post that we've made yeah. on Google Plus. So thank you, thank you for that. But anyways, we have a on Facebook. We have where most of our action happens. We have a group, two dudes in a nest. Mm-hmm. We also have a high score group, which mm-hmm. is high scores, two dudes and an S, something like that. And we've recently started a trade group. Yeah. Two dudes traders. So it's exclusive to members of the Two Dudes and an S Facebook group. So go there first. Mm-hmm. The, hey, is that the Roadrunner? No, it was my phone buzzing. Oh. Sorry. Okay. I, I thought maybe it was the Roadrunner. Beep. <laughs> meep, meep. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so if you if you go join the Tutids and S Facebook group, get to communicate with the people on there, be friends, and then come to join the Tutids Traders. The idea behind it was that we would have a place for people who are talking in the Tutids mm-hmm. Facebook group and are becoming friends and can trust each other. Also, have a place where they can trade games mm-hmm. among the people that they are have already garnered a bit of trust with. You know, right. That's the idea. Anyways, so we've got a few people on there. Nobody's traded anything yet that I know of, but I'm sure it'll happen soon enough. Yeah. Oh, we're also planning uh, having Patreon-exclusive deals on there where maybe we use the Patreon money to buy a game and then sell it for like half the price or something. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be cool. To Patreon supporters only, of course. Okay. Okay. Good show. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I'd say we play music from Kirby or something. Okay. Or balloon or balloon fight maybe. Maybe balloon fight. We'll do that. Okay. All right. Goodbye, everyone. There you go.